Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. We're also streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we're on every night from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, coming to you from downtown. Remote broadcasting, if you hear that rumble in the background, that's the elevated train. Uh, we are in the Palmer House. Normally, every now and again, we will step into the studios over on Belmont, but right now we're coming to you from downtown. Uh, make sure that you are connected to, you are following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And also subscribe to the podcast. You'll get us wherever you get yours at. We're on uh, SoundCloud. Where else? Where else are we at? I can't remember. We're on SoundCloud, we're on Google Play, uh, TuneIn, and Apple Podcasts, uh, just to name a few. And you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. Uh, just froze up. Mm, shame on me. Well, you know what? Uh, this next segment we're about to get into is a really relaxed, uh, relaxed segment. I uh, haven't had a chance to talk to my, uh, my, my brother, Bubba Murray in a while. Uh, we haven't been able to talk about movies. Uh, and generally, when we do movie talk, we're talking about stuff that you can check out on your streaming services. Uh, but before we get into it, I've got to give him his his due, give him his intro. This is my favorite okay. part of the, of the show. <laughs> we don't even have to talk about movies. We can stop right after my intro. After the intro, we're just going to go to break. Yeah. I mean, that, that works for me. So. All right. Let it rip. So for those of you who do not know, uh, in addition to uh, Bubba serving as the lead content and social media director for Burma Task Force, he is also an award winning writer director hailing from Oak Park, Illinois. Uh, his background includes receiving the ABC Writing Fellowship, writing for Desperate Housewives. Uh, speaking of that, somebody just got in trouble a little while back uh, that was on Desperate Housewives. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. But Felicity, Felicity yeah. Huffman, and you know what? She was one of the nicest people really? on the show. Yeah, so well, it's Nice people get caught up sometimes. That's true, that's true. Yeah. So it's, it's unfortunate that she got herself caught up, but um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you well, pay. Hey, it, it happens, it happens. Uh, but he has also uh, participated in the NBC Diversity Scene Showcase twice, uh, was accepted into the Fox Writing Initiative, and most recently, he actually had two short films uh, that did really well, premiered. Matter of fact, one won the Best Children's Film in the 2017 International Black Film Festival, which was Robox. Uh, and he also had another film, which is, was a, uh, a short horror film. Uh, and what was the title of that? That was called Awake. Wake. And that premiered awake, 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 and that also uh, premiered at a couple of festivals here in Chicago as well. Correct, right? correct. Okay, all right. Well, today we are getting into it about a film that uh, both of us have seen. Uh, different, different thoughts on it, and you know we're going to chop it up about it. And we're talking about the silence. That's right, the silence. And we're just going to go dead air right now. We're not going to mm -hmm. say anything else. Just to let All you know I'll say is that is. you can find the silence on Netflix, so that's where we both saw it. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is so. So, if you go to I am, um, uh, IMDb, right, they give you the nice little synopsis of, of what the movie is about. It says, When the world is under attack from terrifying creatures who hunt their human prey by sound, 16 year old Allie Andrews, uh, played by Kiernan Shipka, who lost her hearing at 13 and her family seeks refuge in a remote haven that's that's kind of the the short story of the uh, of the movie 
Um, you refer to this as? Well, I would say, uh, well, I'll call it a broke bird box. Hmm. Or, or bird box light, you know, and and the, and that was a common, I'd say, either observation or criticism without having for people who haven't who hadn't seen the movie but maybe just saw the trailers for it right. because of the premise of, and and, or, and, and people also said it was a, it, it the reminded them of um, was it a silent place or quiet place? You know, I never saw that. Well. With all of these, it's, it sounds like I, I kind of knew about it. It's the idea of of uh, your some creature that forces us to lose one of our major senses. So whether it's sight or or hearing, right? And then we have to escape all these creatures to a haven. And so, like all three of these movies have the same general plot or structure, mm-hmm. and they just approach them from different angles right now i should add so for those of you who have not seen it already uh, you're going to get some spoilers right so maybe you want to come back to this uh if you haven't seen it already and if you and if you have we'd love to hear what you think uh let us know if you agree with us if not whatever uh inbox us post on our uh, facebook or, or twitter page uh, we'd love to hear from you now the film uh the cast is uh stars uh stanley tucci uh, many of you may remember, I mean, he's been around for a long time, uh, but one of his performances that has stuck with me over the years was The Devil Wears Prada. I was thinking of that, too. Yeah, with uh, Meryl Streep. But most people actually still might know him from you know, The Hunger Games. Okay, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely for that as well. Uh, Kiernan Shipka, who actually I did not, I don't recognize, Miranda Otto, Kate Trotter, John Corbett, and Kyle Britkoff. So that's that's your basic. Oh well, we got also mentioned the villain, uh, Billy McClellan, who looks oddly uh, in this in this movie. He looked oddly similar from certain angles hmm. to Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, he did. There's, he also reminded me of a character. And now this was a, I believe it was a sh- a short-lived series called. Um, Preacher on uh, what was that on AMC? It's one. It was a show produced by uh, Seth Rogen and them. And I think I mean I, I think it just got canceled last season. But it Is that was Pierce a, Brosnan. No, 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 no. No, that son of uh, that's well, okay. there's one called The Son. Yeah, but this was about. This is based on a comic book, but okay. it's sort of a. It's in. It's a dark horse comic, meaning it's just sort of an out there. But it's a preacher who fights demons, like real-life demons. Okay. Sort of like Constantine, but not... Uh, but he but he wears, the, he wears the whole frock and everything like that. But that's how the the villains had a similar look, had the beard and all that stuff. Right, right. So let's kind of get back to... You, you refer to this as Bird Box Light. Yes. <laughs> um, and that it follows a similar uh, premise of having to do without one of our faculties, right? Yes. One of our senses... Or a bird box. It was sight that got you in trouble, and but we never got to see the villain. Right. We never got to see this whatever this entity was uh, in bird box, which kind of added to the uh, to the I, I guess the, the mystique, yeah. you know, suspense of it. Uh, but then I think I also felt like it was a little lazy too. Mm-hmm. But um, but I mean, either way, it still worked. 
But in right. this one, you got to see the nemesis. You got to see what the the threat was. Right, and and I think it, that part was interesting because as a viewer, you got to, I guess, figure out how these creatures who are ravaging the humans mm-hmm. work. So you can see how the characters then realize maybe this is how I can defeat them or avoid them. Right. So you're learning with them uh, because you can see them. It's not all trial and error. And and that's where I would say they they took from a quiet place hmm. because a quiet place too was creatures who hunted. did they show the creature in uh, they quiet did place? show the creature in a quiet place and then and it was they hunted by sound and it was very similar in the sense of uh in, in well in this movie the creatures are like mutated let's just say mutated bats hmm. and like as a bat wing that would have been in a sense how they could hear so right. we we got to see that that's where they were using their echolocation or, or, or they could turn their wings or their body into just a giant um, like, like a receiver dish, dish mm. uh, so they could pinpoint their prey. In a quiet place, it was similar. They, I think they had some little nodules on their head or nose, and that's how they, they did it. But it was the same feel of as when, when you were a about to hit this point of no return or the creature's about to get you then we notice ah we found out something about how they physically attack that gives us another chance and then we find out how they they move that gives us another chance mm-hmm. uh so that so that that was one of the that was one of the similarities and and on a that that had it with the quiet place which separated it from bird box because it it rooted it in something that really you could see and there wasn't that mystery right okay oh um well, you but know yeah. what? So, um, so let let's move from the the way the creature or the I guess I guess it would be the uh, the antagonist, so right? And let's, I guess they call them Vesps. Vesps. Yeah, Vesps. So let's move from the way that they were integrated into the into the story, and and look for a second at their construction, how they were presented. Because when I looked at them, you know what I thought about? I thought about uh, I thought about Alien. I, okay, yeah, I can see that. You know, I was like, man, they kind of pulled together a few different um, creatures, and you know, and here, here, here you go. And I, and I think, I mean, continuing with this, but just to say, with this movie, I felt like they just pulled a lot of tropes or things that we've seen in other ones and just slapped them together. Yeah. Because yes, with the aliens, they had that same distinctive, uh, like slanted, sloped head. Yeah. That you see in aliens, and uh, they also had the the eggs. Yep. Yeah. That same thing. Similar in aliens that they implanted them in people, mm-hmm. and that sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, that they would have that they had these sort of nests. Mm-hmm. Now, and what made me feel like it was thrown together is that when humans approached these these nests or all these eggs, there really wasn't a large concentration of the adult animals to protect them. So for me, it felt like they just thought of this idea like in a late draft. Mm-hmm. But you would think that just in the animal kingdom you want to protect your animal you want to protect your offspring or your or your babies right. so you're going to at least have what we're trained to believe at least some female 
animals hovering about so you can't get close. Yeah. Here, they're just falling all over things, stumbling on these eggs. And still the only reason that people get caught is because they make a noise. Right. It has nothing to do with them getting in proximity to these sort of nests. So that that was a failing to me where I felt like again, you, you've got you, – you went for that look. So, yeah, we, we took that alien's look. And we're going to slap it together with some of these other movies. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I think they could have done a stronger job with building a more realistic post-apocalyptic universe, mm-hmm. especially with all of the other projects that you've seen before it and are currently streaming on the platform right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true, because it's, it's a whole lot of them. Um, before we get into maybe bringing in some of those, making some of those comparisons, um, one of the things that I noticed and I felt like they took a shortcut on was the portrayal of, uh, I guess the the character's name is Allie. I think this is mm-hmm. Kiernan. Um, and the fact that she had, she'd lost her hearing, right? So now she uses uh, sign language, her family, uh, as, as many families where, uh, you know, where a family member uh, is without the faculty of hearing, they also are able to sign. And they also threw out something. What's that? Uh, they dropped that she can read lips. Yes. With one of, just just sort of thrown out there, just so, um, as a viewer, I felt like they didn't get a deaf actress, so they just got an actress who didn't. You, you know, and that the, kind and, of, and maybe she is, I didn't check. But it felt like they just got an actress, and so she didn't even have to learn that sort of affectation that you have with deaf speech, because she's that recently death that bothered me and even then there were moments where she was where they're whispering and she's whispering and it's like okay hold on she's deaf and she's aware of i mean of course you know if you're screaming or not right but just these subtle subtle things but why are take for granted why would hearing people yeah and why would they whisper to her when she reads lips Absolutely, and you need to be quiet. So just, re- just Absolutely. mouth it. You don't need. To t- so, so those, yeah, those are the little things that yeah. when you go back, you think it, it, it from initially it kind of fl- it flows well. It hits all those plot points you yeah, want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know where you get the where you're in peril, where you overcome the obstacles and things like that. But when you come when it comes down to the actual application of some of these things. It does feel like they were getting thrown together, stolen from other projects. Think about Children of a Lesser God. Okay, yes. Marley Matlin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. I think she read lips in, 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 in that film uh, and does read lips, right. you know, for real. But you notice there's a difference in her speech, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and it's those types, of, those types of nuances, I think, that... If you're really looking for, you know, some continuity that are going to kind of raise a few red flags. But I, I do want to say this. Mm-hmm. I actually like the movie. Yeah. I, I liked it. So I don't want I don't want anybody listening to think that, you know, it's just a matter of pulling it apart. But those are some of the things. I mean, it's fair to say this is I mean, there are movies you can enjoy. But when you critically break them down, they've got a lot of weaknesses. Yeah. I could say this is one of those types of movies that yeah. like the more you think of it the more you say to yourself, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And why not use the, was it a wood chipper or something like that? Uh, there was the, there was a scene where he 
Stanley Tucci's character. Yeah. He cuts on the wood chipper, and they all just fly in there. And I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, that I, I thought the movie was going to end there because yeah. in, in, the, in this scene, <laughs> every single one of these animals flies right into the chipper and goes out. All they needed to do was have a constant supply of gas. Just walk around with your wood chipper. And, and they're done because it yeah. Because these things are attracted to noise, so they didn't notice anything else. So you could leave, keep filling it up. The, the things are going to come through, and boom, you've saved the world. Yeah. And they never, they never turn the thing on again in the movie. Yeah. Or right, that, <laughs> they did it one time. And, and you start to think that if you, if you realize that this is what what worked, and this did, this is to get rid of them, then why not just pl- place a speaker somewhere? Even if you you know say even if you were a pacifist. Right? But you didn't want to get uh, mauled. You didn't want to get eaten. Set a speaker up somewhere. Set a Bluetooth speaker up and turn the radio on and just have them all flock right there. Right. You know. Um, it, it, in, in, and I know the reason why they wouldn't do that. Because there's another. I, we're kind of going all over, but just throwing out parts about the movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about some nonsensical aspects, there was a. They tried to use a cell phone, let's say, bomb. That for like, cold. For lack of a better term. Where um, when this when the the family that's that's on its way, you know, trying to find their safe haven, they meet a group of uh ne'er do wells, for lack of a better term. The the ne'er do wells just want to destroy the family. Right. They don't necessarily want to take over their home that they've taken that they're in that's actually totally protected and they've got access to food and everything. No, they just want to. They want to. They want to uh, they want their flesh fertile, them out. They want their fertile they, daughter. Yes, they want the fertile daughter. So and then so in order to get her out, they dropped off a little girl who basically had a a, a suicide vest. Mm-hmm. That was composed, composed or comprised of cell phones that they would dial, and then as the phone went off, the animals would come flying in. So again, if you've ever seen the Hitchcock classic, The Birds, yeah, that's what that was. Uh, I think an homage to because you had all these crazy flying birds into the windows and everything like that, and these crazy people went and put the the phones, cell phones, on the windows, and then they would dial them from far away so these birds were attracted to it i thought that was diabolical it was but again it it was like so over the top and took so much time and made no sense if you're just trying to storm these people out uh again if, that i feel like they chose to do that rather than what you're talking about mm-hmm. with having some speakers outside because that idea that you're talking about makes too much sense for safety yeah so you're going to have two choices of how to do that from the filmmaking perspective. Mm-hmm. We're either going to have to save that that uh, gimmick or that stunt as an attack on the house, mm-hmm. or we're going to have to use it as a way to escape the house. So I think they decided to use it as an attack on the house. Mm. Uh, but again, interesting. It was it was cold blooded the way they did it, but. It's it's when you reflect on it and realize, wow, that really made no sense mm. to for these crazies to do what they did to try and flesh out the family, right? Uh, but but uh, I'll let you go. You know what? 
I think this is a good point to kind of make a connection to all these other post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. um, types of, of, of movies and series, one of which I just got into is called Black Summer. Uh, a lot of folks are familiar, of course, with the long-running Walking Dead. Uh, then there's Z Nation, yes. and there's there's a bunch of others. And the reason that I bring these into the conversation now is because of this idea that this type of situation would really, instead of bringing the best out of folks, that it brings the absolute worst. And it's not, and, and this this is the crazy thing. It's it's one thing when people fight over scarce resources, right? That's mm. that's one thing. Whether it's you know shelter. Or, or food, water, whatever it is. And it's another when the population's already been decimated. You got empty businesses. I mean, they, they made their way into the pharmacy mm-hmm. and got the antibiotics and all of that stuff, and there's nobody else around. They run into this one other nut job. Right. Uh, and he says he's from the, the, the flock of the hushed or something like that. He's clipped his tongue. Yes. Right? And But space, shelter is abundant. Food is abundant, but you still make a conscious choice to attack somebody that could be an ally. And I think that's one of those messages that uh, it seems to be recurring. I mean, it's not always the central message because we do see we do see you know instances of cooperation, but that's. I think there's a real there's a lot to think about. In that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think these type of stories are really a great platform to tell it. Uh, I, I would say the master of that would be George Romero. Yeah, uh, and he, I mean, he basically defined the modern zombie genre with uh, Night of the Living Dead. Right, and that was really social commentary. Mm-hmm. And 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 there's another one. I'm not going to get too far off on this, but if you look at uh, the his movies, each one of them centers around some sort of, again, social issue, whether it be racism or, or um, the ills of unabashed cap, can, uh, not capitalism, but more consumerism right. or, or unchecked government. You've got, you've got these political messages, you know, hidden in layers of these life and death post-apocalyptic. Uh, scenarios, right. and so I, I think these I, I think these do do a great job of framing that. So you, because you've got these people who are they're in a little like a boiler, they're 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 forced to act, or their actions are more like black and white as far as survival or death. So you have to be pure in your intention, and I think that's where it becomes more interesting because you don't have time to be as manipulative in mm. these sort of worlds and then you can see all these different kind of levels of of commentary play out right right yeah yeah I, I just I feel like our our movies as well as our songs and our art they have an opportunity to either show us the better version of ourselves something to aspire to and then of course also, when they show us the the negative, right, the the worst version of ourselves, we could look at it as a warning. But some people are undoubtedly going to look at that as the way to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I'm not saying that folks shouldn't 
you know, filmmakers should not present either <laughs> response, either scenario. Just, uh, just an overall observation. But I think it helps also if you're for to address those issues when you're doing it in a dramatic sense. So that, so why say drama like again, Walking Dead, Bird Box, uh, The Silence? Again, you've got these themes, mm-hmm. but then it's. I also love these scenarios when you're going to the absurd side. Uh, Shaun of the Living Dead. Yeah. Where you, again, you you can take these ideas and then flip them, and then it can be hilarious. So, yeah. I mean, we're, I'm not saying, we're not saying that everything has to be so dark and have to have this in-your-face message all the time. Sure. But I think that it really is a great, just a really good platform to let these things play out. Mm. And you can then see how, if you have to have teamwork and things like that to deal with zombies... How does that translate to real life? Right. Yeah, you know, you can see how you see caricatures of people that you deal with all the time in these movies. Sure, sure. Now, here's a critique that I would bring up about Netflix as a, I guess we can call them a studio now, right? I, I thought it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, and, and that critique is this film has a runtime of a little bit over 90 minutes, right? And that's the designation you got to be at least 90 minutes right to be considered um you can be a little shorter a little shorter a little shorter so i mean i've seen where they get away with the like 80 oh really yeah so i mean my my example of that would have been pootie tang that's uh that that is a a classic uh and and possibly we'll we'll have some deep discussions on that that is about the shortest feature (laughs) look it up IMDb yeah. at Pootie Tang, yeah. but uh, that's about the shortest feature. Well, well, and I bring I bring that up because I felt like they they cut out a lot, right? You know, just to present this as a you know as a movie, um, because it was it's really short, right? And do you feel like Netflix is sacrificing uh, story development, character development? Right, because those things take time on screen. We think about how they tried to establish who the father was. They show his best friend uh, in the beginning, and he's only in there for all of ten minutes. And the narration, of course, you know that's like one of the oldest kind of tricks in the book, where they mm-hmm. try to go around screen time with narration to get you up to how you're supposed to feel about who's on screen. I well, I can't say that across the board. Maybe mm-hmm. for this specific genre. Yeah. But I mean, Netflix is also in some ways redefining how movies are produced because granted they brought us the silence, which is lacking in certain ways, but still, you know, it's some popcorn fun. Yeah. yeah they yeah. brought us what was it? Um The High Women. Roman Roman? Roma. Roma. The the series? No, the the, the Academy Award nominated Oh, the black and white. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and then what was that mud? Mudbound. Mudbound. Yeah. So I'm just saying, that, like, they go on both edges, uh, both ends. So okay, I, I'm glad you brought that up. So and I'm not one to, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that's what I'm gonna say. As a studio, right? I wouldn't say that. Okay. Uh, but me, but I think that they may have recognized certain formulas for certain genres, and so for <clears throat> all their high profile. Uh, post-apocalyptic, you know, escape movies, again, being this movie, Bird Box, 
They've got a whole bunch. They've got some others that are just probably completely garbage that didn't even get the the initial publicity. Right. So I think I think you have to look at the genre, and but when you've got a, I think they're trying, but I think they fell they fell into some traps. It's probably safe to say that in this genre, that the viewers are really just kind of waiting for the the, the the bottom to drop out. They're waiting for the uh, for the tragedy and to see how folks gonna, are going to get out of it. They're not really necessarily as invested in connecting to uh, characters if it's as if it was just a drama. Do you think that's that's a fair assessment or? Fair. Well, I, I well I would say I don't think that in again looking at it a little bit more from the studio they're not trying to be totally original, right? But they're trying to be just tweak things so they will feed what you're talking about that hunger for that type of story, right? And I feel that when they saw su- success in Bird Box, mm-hmm. they said we got to get another Bird Box or we already had one going so we can put more money into it. Right. Because there are a lot of beats that are the same. And then those two are based off of that success of A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. Almost, I'm sure you can put a lot of the just those emotional story beats together and you're going to have a very similar uh, um, journey right. by the family. Right. Okay, you know what? We're going to pause the conversation for a moment. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back in a moment with more movie talk. We're talking uh, The Silence. Uh, It is Bubba Murray and I. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a moment. This is Radio Slam on WCEV 1450 AM. Excuse me. I know you have a nine o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me, get granular, keep me in the pipeline. But nada, nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. You might know me, I'm 50 Cent. You may follow my tweets, my Facebook friends. Odds are a few in the six degrees separate us. We're that close. What's crazy is one in six don't know where their next meal is coming from. These are your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends. Hunger's too close for us to ignore. So visit feedingamerica.org slash hunger and find your local food bank to see how you can make a difference. From one close friend to another, let's do this. I'm 50 Cent and together we are Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey everyone. You know, let's all stop what we're doing right now and take a moment. That felt good, huh? Just like that, we had a nice special sort of moment together. 
Of course, they don't all need to be quiet moments to be special. They could be loud moments, goofy moments, sporty moments, dorky moments. Moments where we talk or walk or just hang out. It doesn't really matter. They all count. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. <laughs> Sounds like somebody agrees. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Today, call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Slam. This is your host, Tariq Alamine, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. We're streaming on WCEV1450.com. And uh, you are joining us for an episode of Movie Talk. Uh, before we get back into it, remember, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And also make sure you are subscribed to the podcast at Radio Islam USA, wherever you get yours at. Um, that's enough. Okay, so it is... I, or it is Bubba Murray and I, and we have been talking about the silence. Um, so you know what we what we didn't get into? Because, you know, we've been kind of picking the, the movie apart a little bit. Um, you know, That's what we should. Yeah, yeah, this is what we do. Um, and what was one of the things that stood out to you uh, <laughs> that you're like, come on now, you know, okay. this didn't make any sense. I mean, there were, there were a couple things, but the biggest thing for me was that in this world where this family is has trekked out to this house and now the they have finally found a little haven you've they've been being followed by a band of mute crazies who have cut out their tongues mm -hmm. and they've come to the house with a message saying that basically we want your fertile daughter right so the father pulls out his gun and says go away and then he, I think he punches them mm -hmm. at that point. The eight or ten people who come to the door walk away. And then the family goes back into the house without a care in the world and go to sleep for the night. Well, that was the, that was the main thing. There's another one, but that, that was the main thing. For anybody, come on, who's been in any type of or seen any sort of apocalyptic world, you at least need to have one person standing guard when you've got crazies coming at the world. And they know how to get into your house. Right. They know where you live. They know where you live. Yeah. They know how to bypass all these 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 animals. And they just show up at your front door one day saying, we're going to take your daughter. Mm -hmm. And you all decide to go to bed at the same time. Brilliant. In a house that has absolutely no security system. I yeah. mean, but it, so they just turned off all the lights. So I, I just thought that was ridiculous. Let, let's go back to, I just want to repeat They've already said your daughter is fertile and 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 right. sent her with us. Right. So that implies yeah. they're Come going on now. to Yeah, I mean it means they're going to get her one way or another. Yeah. And the dad just says figures like just a a, a shaking of the finger and closing the door is going to keep a whole flock of these crazies who have cut out their tongues. They they wrote this on a piece of paper because they cut their own tongues out. Now, but do you know how ridiculous, even that, just that gesture right there. You're going to cut your tongue out, but you can still open your mouth. You can make noises. You can still 
make noise. It's not like you wired your jaw shut. That I mean that 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 also made no sense to me. Yeah, like you guys really didn't think this through. <laughs> I mean, really. What? I mean, I mean, I think if they just walked, maybe they, they should have one of those groups that sewed their lips shut, or they just. But then you can't eat. But it just made no sense. Yeah, yeah. Why would you mutilate? You mutilate yourself like that, and you can still make noise. Yeah. And see, it was kind of disturbing to watch because when they would open their mouth to just show us this, that they don't have a tongue, mm-hmm. at the first time I didn't really notice it wasn't that they didn't have a tongue, but I thought the guy was, I thought he was an alien, and I thought he was going to cough up a fur ball like he was some sort of alien cat <laughs> because he just made that sort of hissing noise. <laughs> yeah. And and then that was it. So that that was something, obviously was thought up for shock value, mm-hmm. but it fell more on the ridiculous side than the shocking side. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely was. But you know what? There was also this implied trade-off. Once again, do we operate from a sense of fear as people or... Well, not so much do we operate from that, but how much do we let fear determine our response? Uh, And in this situation, this guy comes up and he says, you know, we want your daughter, right? We want your daughter. And as he motions them away, uh, and he, matter of fact, he pulled out, he pulled out a shotgun. And the guy, you know, he puts his fingers up to his lips, you know, he shushes, basically shushes him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, are you more determined to keep me from coming back or are you worried about these creatures and and i'll tell you what Mm -hmm. i thought the dad made the wrong play there he certainly did now in this scenario dad is standing right next to the front door yeah those people are all out in the front lawn yeah i would have taken the shot and Mm -hmm. jumped right back in the house and so then they've so those things that are flying around are going to go they they can they can sense movement they're mm-hmm. going to sense the movement of the eight crazy people that are running away from my shotgun blast right that are screaming and they're going to smell the blood of the guy who I just shot mm-hmm. and we are family saved we can stay in the house for the rest of the apocalypse cuz it was a really nice house yeah it was nice log cabin kind of deal. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it had like solar panels because it it, yeah. it even had a little alarm system so uh, yeah it was now there was another there was another instance oh, and that was uh, they had ventured they, they only crossed paths uh, crossed paths with this uh, crazy guy because they were in the city trying to get antibiotics for the mother uh, well the grandmother right no no this was for the mother for the mother yes. yeah you're right it was for the mother the, the mother got caught as they were running into the house and so she got bit by one of those monsters mm-hmm. so she had a she had a leg infection yeah nasty nasty um uh scrape scratches and you know claw marks on the legs um, and, and the grandmother was a nurse right luckily who mm-hmm. said she's in bad shape she just needs some antibiotics yeah because because if she doesn't get the antibiotics she's not going to make it right she doesn't have much time right so here we go. She go. They go uh, into town. They get the antibiotics. They meet the nut job. They come back, and a scene later, Cheese Road Warrior. Yeah, 
Yeah, those. I mean, those are the greatest antibiotics you've ever seen. Because again, mom was sweating. She could not stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they played it, she probably had hours to live. Right. Like you said, Road Warrior, she's up there taking a bath. She's having a great time. It couldn't have been more than 10 minutes after she took those pills. Yeah, yeah. And is that is that lazy or is that saying that the 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 audience is just not paying attention? Or you just, you know, like whatever, we just don't I'm care. I'm feeling this whole middle section when they're at this house was lazy because it's one other part I yeah. want to bring up. When, when they broke into this house, mm-hmm. it, the house belonged to someone who I guess was an outdoorsy kind of woman. Yeah. And who, who kept, who maintained her lawn, and she actually happened to have her own wood chipper. Yeah. So there's and a well and a well. So there's a point in which these obviously you have to have some peril. The creatures are about to attack the family as they're running into the house. So the dad manages to sneak over and turn on the wood chipper. Right. Now the noise with this wood chipper makes it. It attracts all these animals, and they just fly right into it mm-hmm. and are mulched. Yeah. That's it. And you're thinking, th- I was thinking when I first saw that's the end of the movie because they could <laughs> just leave the thing <laughs> on, and all of those animals are going to fly right in there. They're never going to make it to the house. Right. Uh, and again, maybe because I've seen A Quiet Place where the, it, their nonsensical thing was if we're around something else that's really loud, these animals won't hear us but they won't stay by the things that are really loud. Then they'll go back into the quiet. So here it's like, okay, you got this thing that's super loud. It kills all the animals. What's the problem? And they turned off the machine. I would have left that thing running for a good hour. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. What was the point in cutting it off? They turned it off. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, so I feel like that whole s- sequence, everything at the house, it was lazy writing. It was that the people said, we've got all these great visuals. Mm-hmm. It looks cool to, to chop everything up in the chopper, or in the wood chopper. It's awesome that, you know, they, they had to get the antibiotics, and so we've got this, uh, we've got this peril, we've got this ticking clock, the woman might die. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it, none of these things revealed anything about the character, didn't really drive the story. You could have forgotten all about it. Because at the end, they still leave the house. Yeah. And just go up north. Yeah. I mean, which was a total takeoff of the bird box part. Yeah. Where they had to escape to someplace yeah. else. Yeah, it's always a colony somewhere where, you know, people are roughing it. Mm-hmm. They've made it. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, I'm sorry, ahead. I'm just doing a random thing. They even through in some Hunger Games where the girl okay, was awesome. At the very end, you know... Allie's now living in the commune, and we have that ending shot of her shooting one of these flying bats with right. an arrow, looking just like Katniss in the Hunger Games. Yep, absolutely. Like it was actually the same pose. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was a knockoff. Yeah, that was I mean, a knockoff. Sun, you had the sun behind her. I, I thought, and, and Stanley Tucci. I, I feel like he he had a little to do with that, saying, you know, the odds are in your favor. Or, <laughs> with his fake teeth from yeah. but again not saying it wasn't fun but we've seen almost every part of this someplace else so and then they kind of uh, it was a little hodgepodge of 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 horror yeah and you know what see I'm always looking at what are they trying to communicate to people um, 
what are they trying to get people to accept as normal or as an acceptable response, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I keep seeing is people just abandon their, what you would think to be common sense, right? This girl, this little girl shows up at your door and, and all of a sudden your guard is just, is just down. You don't remember, you don't, you don't frisk her, you don't check her out. You aren't suspicious. You, yeah, not because one bit. Especially after, in, at that scene where the little girl showed up at the door, yeah. you had just dealt with 10 crazies maybe an hour earlier. Yeah, she's not talking. Mm -hmm. Right? So, um, what we, you know what we have to do? We have to do, we got to do a, a show just on the stuff that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and you know what else? There's something that has been really sticking uh, in my crawl, so to speak, uh, and that is the I promise you line that we see in the movies all the time. Mm -hmm. I promise, I promise, I promise. You know, it's just like, you know, and, and people buy it. You know, I'm coming back, I promise. Uh, we're going to make it to this, I promise. Yeah, they get the truth. They do it now so many times that it's... Yeah, it's like, man, come on. Now. Or the um, or, or the the scene that's been repeated, you know, over and over, where somebody gets the upper hand on the person that has been victimizing them and their family and everything, and... And it usually involves them holding a weapon of some sort, right. and they decide to put it down and they throw it down and say uh, something to the effect that you know I'm not like you or something well, like I'm, that. And they wind up getting getting taken and, out. And for me, it's the it's more the it's the annoying self sacrifice one. Yeah. The if you don't get out of here, I'm gonna shoot you. Yeah. Leave with you. You know, I see that in so many yeah. of these now. Yeah. It was and just an, uh, well, no, I was about to say it was an Aquaman, but it was a little, it was a little different. But, but, but it's still that same, all the stuff, it, it's the same pose, the same, someone's always laid out. Uh, I want them to try and just do that without saying leave, you know, no, no, I'm sure <laughs> just try Like, like I want that to be a challenge to filmmakers. If you're going to have someone sacrifice themselves, have them sacrifice themselves without just the blatant, please go away. You give me that so so it's something original, something unique. Don't sit there and have them point the gun and say, if you don't go, I'm going to shoot you myself. Just, yeah, just can we get a little respect here? Try. Try yeah. a little harder. Just just a bit. Just a bit. But overall, folks, entertaining uh, movie. You know, you could, you could spend 90 minutes uh, in a lot worse ways. So it wasn't bad at all. Th thank that you, bro. That's actually one of my favorite reviews then. Yeah, and I think that they're going to use that for uh, for Rotten Tomatoes. Like it's it's fresh. You can spend, you can spend your time a lot worse. I love it. I love it. All right, thank you, brother. Uh, all right, folks, uh, we have come to quitting time. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, it is our pleasure. We want to thank our engineers over at WCEV for making sure we come through loud and clear. I'm your host, producer Tariq Kalamine. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. And we remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. And with that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.
Thank you.